Yo, welcome to Behind the Baller. You are listening to episode 15. And uh, I'm your host, Ben Baller. Not Ben Humble. And if you've been tuning in, you already know the Forrest Gump of hip-hop. Well, today, that shit comes into fruition times infinity. Um, I got a very special guest on the show today. Uh, it goes by the name of Kareem Biggs Burke, a.k.a. Hoffa. A.K.A. one-third of the Rockefeller Records Empire, co-founder, COO, all that. This episode is so fucking crucial, man, just because this is a, you know, 20-plus year friend of mine. He, he's enormous. He's a giant in the game. He is uh, responsible for being part of one of the biggest rap record labels in history. And... um I'm hoping today serves as some validation because, you know, I was a part of that shit, you know, small part, but still, you know, I was there. A lot of people uh, say, oh, you know, don't worry about your past and all this shit and everything else. Listen, man, when you got a past like mine, you should worry about that shit because it's what made me today, you know, who I am today. So anyways, um, yeah, man, this week's been fucking crazy. I just got back from Vegas and uh, as soon as I got back, well, actually, before I even got back, London had been getting sick again. And you already know, man, I told you we had a really good run for a while. But right now, something's been going around. Some nasty-ass flu, and it hit his school pretty hard. It hit Ryder. So Ryder was home. So we got both kids, both the boys who were in school at home. And that just drives my wife fucking crazy. And when it drives her fucking crazy, it drives me fucking nuts. And it just goes makes me want to fucking break everything in the fucking world. Do you know what I mean? Like, little small shit. Oh, you're out of ketchup? All right, pull my gun out. Fuck what, bitch? What? Like, <laughs> that level of of fucking anger comes out when um when my kids are like, you know, and when my wife is irritated and shit and just man, you know, it's it's a lot of work. Parenthood is is no fucking joke. Um so yeah, with that said, you know, both my kids were home all week. Um I got back and I had motherfucking diarrhea cuz was out drinking and shit, eating fucking terrible. Paul had diarrhea all fucking week. It was just fucking crazy. Speaking of shit, oh my god, man. I went to my store today. And I went real quick just to go grab um, the Murakami pieces because I'm going to Tokyo. By the time this episode airs, I will be on my way to Tokyo. And I'm heading to Tokyo to do press for the Murakami collaboration. This shit is the real deal. Like, this is official. You know, I'm fucking super geeked about it. And I got a lot of people I got to hit up out there and everything. But um, yeah, man, I went to my store today to go grab the pieces and you got to remember, Beverly Center did a $600 million renovation, maybe even more. So, you know, like, we got Prada, Fendi, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Versace, Saint Laurent, all high-end shit, right? Tiffany. And the bathroom is right by our store. And I go in there, I'm washing my hands, and I'm not going to lie to you, I fart. You know, I fart, not really tripping. There's three urinals. Don't even know why I wasn't paying attention. But I go wash my hands and I'm like, God damn, did I fart that fucking bad? It smells terrible in here. You know, I'm like, fuck. And I start thinking about my own health. Start thinking like, you know what? I wonder they say like when shit smells really bad or whatever. And just like, man, that shit just can't be good, right? I'm thinking something's wrong with my inside. You know what I mean? Like I'm rotten inside. And so this dude's waiting outside the bathroom. This white guy. And um, he's like, sir, excuse me, sir. And I thought he's talking to me. He's talking to the janitor. He's like, yeah, somebody did something really bad in there. Um, yeah, he did something really bad in, in the stand-up stall. 
I don't know what the fuck this guy was doing. He was just trying to be super proper or whatever else. And I was like, wait, so what? I was like, bro, I was just in the, I was in the, what the fuck are you talking about? And he goes, yeah, something really bad just happened in the stand-up stall. And I was like, wait, wait the urinal? What stand-up stall? What the fuck are you talking about? There's urinal and then there's a motherfucking booth. Which, what, what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? The shit? What? And he's like, someone just said something really bad in there. I was like, oh, I want to know because I own the store next door. So you tell me what's going on. He goes, well, you just got to go and check. So I go back in there after I've washed my hands and taken a piss. And I look in the third urinal and there's a steamy, hot pile of shit in the fucking urinal. All right. Now, this is a semi-decent high urinal. You know what I mean? And I'm six feet tall, right, with my shoes on. You know, so like, you know, I might have lost an inch over the years, but what I'm saying is, you know, this is a grown man urinal. And if you look up, you'll see like, you know, the urinal has the top part and the middle part and obviously the bottom. The top and middle is fucking sprayed with chocolate stains all over. I'm talking about shit stains, just fucking shit stains and fucking, uh, I'm thinking about throwing up right now. I'm just thinking about it right now. And then there's this fucking steamy, just a straight shit emoji in the fucking bottom of the urine. I'm just, I don't know, man. And why did I bring this up? Because I don't know, because I was talking about fucking being sick and whatever it may be. But on a good note, I got to eat at Tokaya. Um, I might have mentioned it before, but yeah, Tokaya is an all-organic Mexican restaurant. Definitely on the more expensive side. It's not on Chipotle level. It's it's a whole different level besides that. Food's really good. They're actually using spices and all kinds of crazy. I wouldn't even say fusion, just just really futuristic Mexican food. And everything has a vegan option. And like, um, just my meal alone was almost 30 bucks. So, you know, that's, that's it's kind of expensive, you know what I'm saying, for Mexican food. But it's really good. Everything's grass-fed. If, it, if it's mean or organic or free-range, all the, all the good shit, all, the, all that fancy shit, all that good shit's in there. And it's fucking delicious. So I did that. Um, anyways, do not forget, there are, I think, one or two Murakami pieces available. And these are all pre-sale, do you know what I mean? Like, when we release this in the first week of November, this shit's going to be gone. And I'm just doing this on the low because I have no idea what's going on. But if you are really serious about picking up a Murakami, Ben Baller collaboration piece, and um, these are the Murakami flowers. There are three in a black colorway and then three in a rainbow colorway. Now, the rainbow is an alternate. You've never seen this rainbow before. If you're a big fan of his pillows and, and his art and everything, you've seen it because he, he's done so many different renditions of the flower. The black is black and amethyst. It's black and purple. It's fucking beautiful. It's never been, we never done that before either. And these are rare, super rare collaborations. The utmost finest gemstones and diamonds possible. 18 karat gold. These motherfuckers are solid. Yes, they spin. These are everything. Again, they come with a crazy authenticity card. Um, they're going for $50,000 each. There is a series of three and two colorways. So there's six total, but I think there's only two available left. I need to contact uh, James. And right about now, I got to say thank you to my cousin, James. James is my, is my cousin Steve's little brother. And he's a grown-ass man. He's 30 or 31 years old. And he runs the shop. He runs the business and everything. And, you know, I have to say this to be completely honest. If it wasn't for him, our business could not be where it is today. We couldn't be a real business. We couldn't be in the Belly Center. We couldn't have a real online store. There's a lot of things that he's done to further elevate this business and, and just take us to another level. And, and he's always thinking of ways to make the business better. Um, I know he wishes I was around more. It's just tough because of my schedule and everything, you know, and, and just where I'm at mentally. But I got to thank James because people think I'm an asshole. And 
the thing is, James has to be an asshole sometimes. And I don't think he, he has no ill intention at all whatsoever. This is just the nicest guy in the fucking world. And he's my cousin, you know, and, and I, I look at him like a, he is my dong sang, you know, if you're Korean, you know what that means. But he's a grown ass man too. And sometimes I forget that, you know, he's a grown man, you know, it's just because I've known him since he's, you know, since he's a little baby. But James is a, he, he again, he's turned the business to make it official. You know, when we're in the Slauson, we were just fucking, it was just, you know, a free, just, I don't even know what to fucking call it. We were a business technically, but we were not organized at all. He came in and made it look 10 times bigger than it was. But to tell you the truth, the work is was already already out there and just amazing. You know, he just took us to that next level. And I think sometimes I might release some of my fury on him and, and my, my cousin Steve, his older brother, might, you know, let a little bit out on him as well. And so with all that, he has nowhere to release it except to, you know, whether it be our employees or our vendors and people like that and just... Man, James does fucking everything, and um, I was about to give his fucking email address out. Thank God I fucking didn't. Anyways, man, if, if you're interested in the piece, hit up info at ifnco.com for the Murakami piece. What else we got going on? Yo, we got, um, like I said, I have been a part of a lot of cool shit. I've released some cool things. I've released some cool clothes, um, a couple small little, just like cool little collaborations, you know, things that, that people have loved and, you know, the essentials and stuff, but... On October 14th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. This is no hype. Or as you young kids say, no cap. I fucking hate that term. I am dropping an all gold money counter. This shit is so fucking boss. I can't explain it enough. An all gold money counter is coming out. And I'm doing it with network. N-T-W-R-K. Network. Shout out to my boy Aaron Levant. He's a fucking genius. He's the next fucking, uh, what the fuck's his name? Warren Buffett. That's who he is. He's the streetwear nouveau Warren Buffett. Anyways, I'm dropping on network October 14th, 6 p.m. in all gold money counter. I think later this week I have to drop a video. The shit is so fucking boss. It's just crazy. I got one yesterday and I haven't stopped fucking playing with it. It is so fucking dope. I just, I don't know what else to say. But right about now, I'm about to cut to a commercial. So, yo, Miles, cue up some music real quick before we get to this little sponsor from Collect. All right. So right now, I got to talk about a Collect giveaway. K-L-E-K-T giveaway. They're doing a Nike Sakai giveaway. You know those sick ass fucking waffle Sakai shoes? You know what I'm talking about with like the they're the old school retro runner, but they have like a little bit of elevated sole, the midsole, and it has like the little like looks like a goddamn like a flying saucer at the end of it. Shit is super so boss, right? And uh with that, Collect is celebrating new features and worldwide availability together with me, Ben Baller. And they're giving away the most popular Nike X Sakai of the year. The Nike Sakai LDV LD Waffle in Summit White, which is gangster as a motherfucker. So here's how you join. One, follow at Klekt, K-L-E-K-T. Two, follow at Ben Baller. All right. You're going to comment, quote, Ben Baller podcasting, quote, and your U.S. sneaker size. 
when you see that picture, you're going to comment that, okay? You drop in that picture. The raffle lasts until next Wednesday, October 2nd, and that's at 11.59 Central European time. I didn't do the motherfucking math, so I don't know what the shit that is in New York or LA time, but just know in Central European time, because I have podcasts, people who listen to podcasts all over the world, at 23.59 military time, or you know, global 24-hour clock time, and the raffle ends Wednesday, October 2nd. Um, the winner will be announced in this post. Good luck. Make sure to check out the Behind the Baller podcast. Much love to you guys. Much love to my Crep Protect family. All right? Yo, Miles, hit me with a little lakey beat. Yo, man, we got a very special guest today on Behind the Baller. There's an old friend of mine. We're talking 23 years, 20, 23 years or so. Uh, Kareem Biggs Burke. What's good, man? What's good, family? <laughs> What's the word? Man, let's All just... All this expensive shit in here. I don't even know what to do right now. <laughs> yo, you know, I don't really have a lot of people up in here. You know how we get down. So, yo, I just want to get right into it. I know you're a busy dude. I yeah. know you got to go meet with some billionaires and shit. So, mm -hmm. yo, man, you from Harlem. Harlem, Harlem, like New York. You, you up Colonial Projects. What projects? Colonial. What 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 street is that? Uh, 156 and uh, 8th Avenue. So if people are familiar with the Rucker um, on 155th Street, uh, it's Projects Polo Grounds right across the street. Okay, okay, I know. And then right next to that is Colonial Projects. So what part was uh, the Alpo and AZ? And where, where is they from? I mean, those are two different parts. Uh, uh, AZ is from uh, West Side and the other guy is from the East Side. What, what, side is, what side are you on? West side. Okay, so yeah. did you know any of them cats or no? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't talk about one, you know what I mean? So I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> like, I'm not into, you know, talking to anybody who went in, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm familiar with everybody. Okay, that's what's up. So, I mean, tell me about Harlem, man, your childhood there, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, so born in Colonial Projects, uh, moved around, then ended up living in the Bronx, but always hung in Harlem. But base, home base for us was 142nd, uh, 141st in Lenox. So that was home base for us. That's where my man Rel was. That's where I met Dame at. And the next block over 140th, you got Cameron, Big L. Up the block, you got Loon, 139th. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? So I went to high school with Loon, bro. It's crazy. Well, yeah. I mean, he, he moved over to Beverly Hills for some whatever reason. Yeah, went to school but then. it's just so funny that a two-block radius, all this talent is right there. Heard McGruff. McGruff is from there? Yeah, 140th. I never... I did, hold on, wait a second. McGruff, Cam... Who'd and you then say Big L. Who'd you say Big L? Oh shit! Big L is one thirty ninth. One fortieth is Cam McGruff, and then one fortieth on on seventh you got Loon, and we right across the street too. That's crazy. So all of us came up together. Dame's from the west side or from the east side? Dame is from the west. I mean the east side, but that was home base for him. Yeah, because he was kicking it with y'all, right? Yeah. You know what? I'm sorry to get sidetracked. Everything. Did, did you? Were you involved in paid in full? I forgot. Yeah. I mean anything that came through Rockefeller. Yeah. Yeah. All of us involved in, right? Okay. So whether I do something and their name isn't on it, they're yeah. involved in it. No, I feel you. You know, it's just saying? like when people say jewelry and shit, be like, "Yo, was Ben? Come on, yeah. man!" Like, yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so you met Damon. You met Dame back back in uh, in, well, obviously in in Harlem. Yeah, through my brother Bob. Yeah. And uh, what year was that? Do you remember? Um, shit, I was fifteen. Uh, I don't know, ninety something. Okay. Yeah. So early ninety. Yeah, like ninety, ninety probably. Yeah, ninety, right? Yeah. So what year did you make Jay-Z then? Um, I met Jay probably 
three years after that. So I probably met Jay around 18. I met Dame probably 15, 14, actually. When we did the, uh, when we did the Reasonable Doubt 20, the RD20, the 20th anniversary of Reasonable Doubt, um, you broke down some stories, and I know this for Complex is different, you know what I'm saying? For the most part, my followers are really like, I got a real good mixture of hip-hop heads, yeah. sneaker heads, whatever, culture people, but a lot of them may not fuck with Complex, mm. so some of this stuff may sound not necessarily repetitive, but this That's is like, good, this, this is a thing. So yeah, so I mean like, when you met Jay, what in your mind decided you'd be like, all right, fuck this, let's start a label? I didn't. So I actually met Jay <laughs> on another note, and um, we became friends, me, him, and Dane. So at, before that, they used to play music and whatever it is. I particularly didn't like Jay's sound at that time. You know, he was rhyming fast. This was before yeah, yeah, I yeah. can't get with that. So I was just like, all right, he's cool or whatever, but it didn't really speak to me what he was talking about. Right. So it wasn't until after the battle with um, him and DMX when I became a believer in his talent. What year was that battle? Um, man, that had to be roughly 94. All right, and so y'all become homies. Yeah, we become homies. And then, you know, so him and Dame already, Dame is managing them, working on music. I just started to support, right? So just helping with videos and stuff and bringing the lifestyle element to it, right? The crystal, the cars, the jewelry, right, and that type of stuff. And then, you know, I guess taking a, um, almost like a road manager um, type of job with, without having a title. And then we decided to put it together and us three and become Rockefeller. They had the name already as well too. So shout out to Tone Hooker who. Oh, Tone Hooker. Okay. Yeah, because he came up with that name just in case people don't know. Okay, so whose idea was it originally? Was it Dame's or was it Jay's? Was it? I'm not sure. Well, I know Dame told Tone to come up with a name for a crew. And no, I'm it, talking about whose idea was it for like to put it finally put in a formation. Um, them both of them came to me. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. So it was something that they both came and we all sat down. So, okay, so you were COO kind of, right? Co-founder, COO, or what, what was your title? Like, I mean, uh, Chief I Consultant. Chief yeah, consultant. so CCO. So, so Dame was uh, Dame CEO, was CEO, and then Jay was COO. COO, okay. I, I never asked you this in all my life, but I've known you a lot. I mean, I've known you for half my life. How much money did you guys initially invest in the Rockefeller? Um, I don't really talk about that or say what the number is or who invested what. I want to say that everybody put in sweat equity, whether it was money or whatever That's it is. Love. And we all came together and, you know what I'm saying, did it. So it was still equal value no matter who did what. No, I feel you. Yeah. Okay. Remember when you, you was talking about battles and shit, right? Yeah. And you knew Jay, after you heard Jay Bell X, right? Am I crazy or, and I'm sorry, man, pardon my ignorance because he's Brooklyn. Um, did Jay ever meet Big L? Yeah, and they battled. That's what I thought, right? They battled, Yeah, right? so um, I wasn't there that day. So what happened is they, uh, it was a, you know, a little discrepancy on the block, and then they brought Jay uptown. So Jay came to, to the block, <laughs> and then when L came down, he was like, oh, I know him. I won't battle him, but I'll rap with him. And then they both was going back and forth rapping. Okay. And then Jay left with the respect of the block that day. It, they, it wasn't a who won and who lost, but the block respected him because he came uptown and did it on his block and he, and he gained fans. I mean, a lot of cats here to follow me, the, the not sad thing, but just the, the reality of it is a lot of my followers are um, under the age of 30. Yeah. 
And a lot of people don't know my history. That's why I did this enormous background podcast. For, I did two series of it. One of them was almost three hours. And I broke down, you know, my history. And like, yeah. one thing I never mentioned to you guys is um, Big Yell became one of my favorites. And by that time, he'd already died. You know what I mean? And it, yeah. was, it was unfortunate. Um, flamboyant. I never really even thought about that word until, because he had flamboyant entertainment. Yeah. You knew L, right, personally? Yeah, man, I went to junior high school together. Oh, so the, it, it was kind of funny seeing these people rap because you, you're friends with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but he was nice, bro. No, like, I know, but, I, but you know how it is when you're a kid, yeah, then you're yeah, like, yeah. wait, you do what? <laughs> okay, you want to hear something funny? Yeah. Do you remember, um, you was working with Pro Kids, right? And this yeah. is off the top of my dome. Uh -huh. I ain't seen you in three or four years. Mm -hmm. Maybe, yeah, about four years. I see you in Vegas at Magic. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yo, I heard you was doing jewelry now. What yes, the fuck are you talking about? Exactly. You, you looked the, at me crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? You had the grills and all yeah. that. You had Magic. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> like, like, yo, fam, what are you talking about jewelry? But, but <laughs> look where I'm at now. Exactly. I mean, you That's know, what I'm saying. Crazy. The same so, type so of thing. L, yeah. damn. He had to have it gifted in him, bro. Like, like I've always been a jewelry. You, mm -hmm. Back in the day, you know, I like jewelry. It just, sometimes it doesn't translate. I tell people the other day, listen. It, it probably didn't translate because you didn't have enough money to get anything that shines. That's I probably what, seen some. It was so small. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I was broke then, bro. I told these cats I had the GS because Jay got it. But really, I was like, that was, that, yeah. that was a lot to me. Like, And we're talking know. about pre-GS, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bro. So, Come you on. know, like the funny thing was when I'm talking about Big L, I tell my followers, because this is a business podcast, but there's music involved. I tell people, look at man, you can make a thousand jump shots in a row. It does not mean you're going to make it into the NBA. doesn't mean you're going to no, do certain things. It has to translate a certain way. Big L was a lyricist who was talking. He was so Harlem. This dude was talking so much crazy shit. And it, it translated It's just that he, his demise, you know. Yeah. We, was actually, yeah, we was actually about to sign him. For, oh, uh, fuck, um, for real? Uh Ebonics, what was the song he had? The, yeah, uh, Ebonics. Yeah, yeah, we were just about to sign him. We had just met on the block, maybe I, I want to say a week, a uh, week or two before before he got killed. You know, it's even crazier because you know his brother got killed just now. His nephew just got killed. Just maybe like I want to say a couple. It's like, like a, some Bruce like, Lee shit. Yeah, like two months ago. You know what I mean? Like Bruce and I think Lee. it was on the block too. Yes. So all you know, what I mean, it's like, yeah. Anyway, so. People don't, obviously, you know, now I'm, I'm telling people more and more, and they see me troll on your page and shit and everything else, right? What was it like being the founder of the most powerful label in hip-hop? Do you think it was too much too soon? No. I mean, at that time, we didn't know. I mean, when you're living in it, it's kind of hard to, to figure out that this is the most powerful, whatever. you just doing whatever it is day to day. As I look back now, I get to enjoy it, right? And get to see how the torch is still being carried and the impact that we had on culture. Right. But you don't think about that when you're in it. It's when you remove yourself out of it and you, you, you're able to kind of look at the scope and say, wow, look at everything that's being created. Look at all the job creations. Look what happened to all the women, right? The empowerment, that they're becoming executives. Look at all the interns who's having their own business and become entrepreneurs. Look Shout at all out the to art. Lenny, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, look Shout at the artists Lenny, yes. that became brands, you know? So Lenny, Latrice, Shari, she's yeah. the president of Rock Nation right yeah. now. That used to be my assistant. I remember she. Yeah, Come on, Latrice, man. Uh, you know, street team, you know, had a digital. Now she got her own print, imprint at Universal, right. Eve Pierre. I uh, remember Latrice too. ICA, you know, so we got all these people, all uh, Emmanuel, right? Had, had a video. She's at Capitol now. I don't remember. Do I remember Emmanuel or no? Yeah. Shaka, right? Shaka. What's, what, Shaka's, yeah. Shaka's big, right? Shaka's. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm naming all these You know what's people. really they crazy are. is I remember I was trying to get tickets for Jane Beyonce 
And uh, I got Shaka's email, and I was like, wait a second, this can't be the same fucking yeah, Shaka. Yeah. It was right when you, we reconnected after uh, I'm when you said that. I'm today. She's flying in today. That's crazy. So, you know, like, again, Rockefeller mm -hmm. Records, most iconic record label in music history. You said you was talking about day-to-day. -day. What was your day-to-day -day like? Uh, in the beginning, it was a it was a learning curve for me, right? So Dame knew more about the business than any of us. So I, I think more of a lifestyle uh, because I had a lot of ideas. So I would build on uh, whatever it is that they had going on. You know, oh, let's do this. Oh, let's do it this way. Let's make it more tasteful. Let's do this. You know. So and then obviously bringing a lifestyle to it is the things that Jay talked about early on, which popularized and let people look at us to say these dudes was it was more than music because we introduced quality product whether it was cars liquor jewelry or clothes during the rise mm. like when it was rising i'm talking about like for real rising mm. right did you think your mentality changed during the rise or you stayed the same uh it it definitely changed um somewhat uh because i came more of a recluse i started to uh i didn't like the fame you know so i didn't yeah, yeah that was that was more yeah, you so the, the bigger we got, the more of the background that I stood in. Uh, I just wasn't used to that, especially coming from an environment where, you know, you're doing different things. You never wanted that spotlight. So it was just something that stuck to me. I had to get used to that. So when I talk about the history of uh, my, this breakdown of my, of my K-Town Hustler series, and uh, I really talk a lot about, well, I talk a lot about priority, but the reasonable doubt thing was very big because, you know, I told people, I didn't think this, you know, I didn't think Jay was going to be that big. Yeah. I've said that to you. And, I, and and I'm saying it. Yeah. We're and, both saying the same thing, I'm yeah. right? And, 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 uh, I didn't think he would be that big. So you know, I didn't even like him. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, when I said that, like, yeah. it's hard to say it when someone doesn't know that you have a relationship with mm -hmm. Jay or with you or with Dame. And I have a, in fact, me and Jay have the worst relationship compared to all three because, like, you and my boy were real yeah. for real. And then me and Dame became real close. And I just never fucked with Jay. Not against anything, but just mm -hmm. was like, I don't know, like it was weird, right? But mm -hmm. I mean, I could have had a relationship with him, but I just didn't, and that's that's on me. But like, I addressed it on my podcast, right? How impactful that was and everything. But like that time period, just priority. Mm -hmm. Like, talk about to me, like, what are some key points during that priority time? Um, I mean, it was, an, it was an exciting time for us. That was our first deal, right? So we, we're putting out our first project. Uh, you know, setting up videos, doing things. So it's like, wow, we are a company right now. We're making collective decisions where we have a staff, we have an office, we have a West Coast uh, <laughs> yeah. representative, you know what I mean? So we will come out here. Um, I mean, it, it was exciting times, man, because we was just taking off. And right. then, you know, that's, you know, when you and I met, right? And then yeah. we, we had a friendship early on, you know what I mean? So we took each other and then it was like exchange numbers. We would talk all the time. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy because I would laugh at some of the shit that you would say. When I found out that you were like my age or a little bit tiny, like barely younger than me, it fucked me up even more because I was the youngest cat in the office. So, you know, like I looked at you already as like the big homie. I didn't know until 10 years later that you was younger. And I was like, what the fuck? But like you just said that you met me like, what did you think of me when you first met me? Funny as hell. <laughs> this guy, you, <laughs> you had an opinion about everything. <laughs> oh, man, dog. And I think that's why we hit it off, like, you know what I mean, right away. You know, you, you, ha you and, had, and, you, and it's funny because I was just telling somebody the other day, I don't have many friends, period. Yeah. No, I'm just saying out of this whole 20, like, so for example, me and Puff just spoke for the first time last year. I've never spoken to Puff ever. So last year is the first time we ever spoke. And, um, all that crystal, all y'all motherfuckers popped it. Never, me, I never spoke. 
you know, wow. we might have said what's up, whatever. We never had a conversation. No, I mean, y'all didn't really like shoot the shit ever. Never. No, we never had a conversation. God damn. So I was just telling somebody, it was like you, Noriega, uh, GLC, but it was very few people that I kept in contact with that was and um, actually a part of music. Yeah. You know, when I reached out to you, um, I forgot, I don't know if it was if it was Emery, if it was Lenny, I forgot how I got your map. I think it might've been Lenny, it might've been Shock actually. I forgot, but I was at Rock Nation offices and you were about to do something for for the uh, November, is it 5th of November? I forgot. 4th, November. November 4th, 4th of November. My bad, bro. Yeah. And I remember I said, listen, man, it's Ben Yang baller. I had to put the Yang in there, right? And yeah. I was like, yo, you hit me back right immediately. I was like, oh shit, okay. There's no way you're gonna forget me. Like, I'm, nah, I'm just saying that because, nah. like, there was no Asians back then. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's funny. So, for those who don't know the real story, I knew about it, but I was, okay, I left Priority right before y'all left. And I went to Aftermath to go run with, you know, with Dre. Mm. And there were some reasons why I had to do what I had to do. But, you know, I repped y'all as much as I could on the AR level and everything, mm -hmm. and I did it. For those who don't know the real story, why did y'all leave Priority Records? Uh, when we left Priority, I know it was a deal, the deal that we had with Will Sokoloff that led us to Priority was a bad deal. Yeah. So we had signed something that we were supposed to get 80%, but it was like 80% of his 20%. So when we went gold and we were supposed to make three, four million dollars, we probably yeah. made thirty, forty thousand dollars. Oh man. You know what I mean? So we ended up getting out of that and um it was between Sony and Universal who we would sign with. And I think we we went with um with Universal but on a handshake with the, Russell and Leo. There there was a rumor though, you know what I'm saying? Cause like when I left, a lot of people didn't know I left and it was a weird thing because I just signed a big contract with Priority to, you know, become vice president of AR. And I was like, yo, let me get the fuck out of here. When y'all shook though, there was a rumor that Dame and y'all asked for like a Benz and like a, a $25,000 a month crib, which back then, that's like a fucking million dollar crib a month now. <laughs> but is, is there some of the truth of that? Where he it, just, I mean, it could be, but I, I, I don't remember. Yeah. Fuck, man. I was, I was thinking about Andrew Shack. I was going to hit him up about it. I forgot. Remember we? Yeah, I it's such a Andrew long Shaq. I, I love seeing him out too, man. I've been seeing him out recently. By the way, I got to say this. Um, you guys, you know me. I, I do sidebars all day long. Uh, one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast in my life is not just because of Michael Rapport. He's the one who obviously put this together for me. But if it wasn't for Combat Jack, rest in peace, Combat Jack, he put me, he was the first person to ever put me on a podcast ever. I did one of the longest podcasts in the career of his career. The longest podcast recorded on Combat Jack. If you didn't know this, Combat Jack represented them on a on a legal yep. side. Yeah. And I didn't fucking know this. And people said, Oh man, Ben Ball, you full of shit. You didn't know anybody <laughs> at Rockefeller. How the fuck you don't know Combat? And and Jack said, Why would Ben know me? Yeah. And he goes, People were like, Whoa, whoa. And I was like, I didn't. And to tell you the truth, I already did a three hour interview with, with Combat Jack. And I was like, We had, you know, Howard and fucking uh Andrew Shack on our side. And he goes, That's mm. what I dealt with. Yeah. Why would I deal with the AR? Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I don't know who represented you, and, and <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. But that doesn't take away that me and you were close friends. Oh no, that, that's why I think now with social media and, yeah, and yeah. that this interview, you get to clear it up. And yeah. this ain't about me. I'm just saying that I was there. You know, mm -hmm. Cam listen, Ben Baller was 100 percent there, <laughs> and I remember him calling me every fucking day for that plaque. <laughs> no, the platinum one, not the gold one. Remember, uh, 
because Cameron used to always say you wasn't there, you know, in his yeah, hashtags, yeah, yeah. right? So, okay, so let's go to that dipset. Now we're talking about that. Um, this is my fucking most just favorite moment of fucking rock, <laughs> right? So dipset. Mm-hmm. Um, Cam, Jules, Jim Jones. Yeah. What was your relationship like with, with them? When did you meet the crew? I mean, well, I definitely knew Cam, right? We right. from a block away from each other. We both from Harlem. Uh, Jules, I also knew because he was a part of another group that uh, my man um, John Gatto was bringing to try to uh, get them signed early on. So it was it was Jules and somebody else. I couldn't remember. Um, Jim Jones, I also knew from Harlem. So Dame actually brought that in. That's, uh, uh, I guess Cam was leaving on or something like that, or he had his album. He was able to get away. He came to Baseline, played the album for me and uh, Dame. We went crazy. I was like, damn, this yeah. shit is amazing. And then, you know, we ended up uh, signing him, and that's when we did the deal. And then, you know, obviously Dipset, you know, came right out of that. And then Jim Jones was somebody that I always encouraged because I seen the talent in him early on. So he would always bring me songs and play them for me. And what's crazy is Cam was one of my favorite rappers ever. Purple Haze is probably one of my most favorite albums. And in, in, it could be in top 10 of my favorite albums in yeah. hip-hop. And I'm talking about people be like, yo, the pink, this man, shut the fuck up. Yeah. This is one of my favorite. And the funny thing is, I know Cam, but like, we ain't like close to nothing. Mm-hmm. But joel has got much respect for me. Me and yeah. Jim were good friends. Yeah. And it's weird again because he's kind of like the leader of the three, whereas mm-hmm. like with Jay again, it's, it's a weird thing. But mm-hmm. um. I remember being in a barbershop in New York and I'm with Stevie and uh, I don't know why it came up, but about it, about it started playing the background and I thought it was Master P mm. and I was like, oh shit. And I was like, hold on, what the, f-? I was like, well, who the fuck is this? And they were like, yo bro, you don't know Dipset? And I was like, nah, what the fuck is Dipset? It was a really <laughs> New York thing. It was yeah, not, yeah, it did yeah, not hit yeah. LA yet. Oh, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, hold on, what'd you just say? Did you say Dipset? And then it was like, baller, you know, like Stevie's like, and this motherfucker speaking Spanish in the background and shit, mm-hmm. right? And Stevie getting his lineup. And I was like, I was like, what are you talking about? If you guys don't know, Stevie is Acevedo is a, a very old friend of mine since also 97. Totally separate. I knew him totally separate from Biggs. Yeah. Somehow, some way, we My all brother. connected in like a circle. And we all, all we do is talk shit about each other and clown <laughs> and roast each other and everything. But it's all love. Yeah. And um, we have because my relationship with Stevie was strong and my relationship with Biggs and Dane was strong it became even stronger between all of us. So going on, I heard Dipset, and I was like, Dipset, Dipset. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? But next thing I know, it just infected my my blood cells and my brain waves, and like, I couldn't stop talking about it. It took a little bit of time to get to the West, mm. but when it did, you know, you hear I really mean it, right? And he's like, Hoffa. And I'm like, wait a second, bro. You didn't tell me that this was a Rockefeller imprint thing, and Big J- Stevie's like, what the fuck? I'm trying to tell you now, bro. That's, <laughs> that's their group, and yeah. so... You know, it was a trip. And even seeing like um, the, I know people be like, oh man, this is so ghetto. There's things that are ghetto. And I don't mean ghetto. It's like when you see like a low budget movie and these exploitation films or videos, people don't understand. When I saw the video for Get Em Girl and fucking Kill a Cam and he comes out of the fucking like the basement with the Mm. fucking, with the dipset jacket, Mm. like the Jeff Hamilton jacket and and the roses on the floor, like coming to America. And the beginning of the video, you see Damon there's freezing, snowing. Yeah. You in the beginning, there's a cameo, right? In that? Th- probably. I know I did Yeah, a few of the videos, yeah. And I just was like, yo, this motherfucker, Biggs, who, who are you? You don't do videos. Like, yeah. you know, it's crazy. <laughs> so It's I, actually funny, too, that you discovered it in the barbershop. People don't know the power of barbershops. Oh, man. We, that's a whole nother right? podcast, man. <laughs> that's really a whole nother podcast. Yeah. So 
we uh we heard the story about how Kanye West signed with The Rock, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, obviously I know that and everything, right? And I remember when when Ye was just getting on, he was coming to Las Palmas like me and DJ mm -hmm. Am with DJ, and he'd yeah. come through, and he was just like. He was like early, like um, what's the song with Scarface? I he did. You was DJing too. Yeah, I was a big DJ. No, bro. no, no, no. I forget, yeah. As you just said that, like I re, like when you said that, the picture just came right in my mind. <laughs> in fact, I was on before Am was. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? The head thing. So, how surprising was his success to you? Like just where he's this? Um, I wouldn't say as much a surprise because I was the one that kind of seen the talent in him early on. Uh, you know, I was the one raising flags saying, no, don't make this a compilation album. Dame wanted to make it a compilation album and just put everybody on it. Um, because they, I don't know if, I wouldn't say that they didn't believe in the talent, whatever. Maybe they just didn't understand. I, I knew that that was something I was going to break and create something new. You know, so when Kanye, the way he was dressed, um, how articulate he was, how he would jump on a table, how charismatic he was, how he can talk and convince anybody. And then behind that, he had great music and great ideas. Um, like to me, it was the full package. So, you know, I'm the one that kind of championed that project. I would say his first uh, two albums oh, um, because I really wrote. And it's so funny because right now I know we may skip forward, but, you know, just to put it in perspective, this is the first project I've done since Kanye's first two albums. You talking about St. John? Yeah, St. John. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's go back because you're going hella for yeah. it now. What was your relationship like with Kanye throughout the years and then up to today? Um, throughout the years, we always had a good relationship. Uh, you know, I would talk to him about the album, you know, so putting All Falls Down before Jesus Walks. I had to convince him about that. Um, knowing what songs to go after radio, I had to hire independent radio team, independent publicity team, all this, uh, you know, just yeah. to get some traction for his album. I mean, Dame has said it tons of times, you know, without Biggs, that, you know, he was the one that really made me wake up to say Kanye, Kanye, Kanye. And that's what put the whole label behind it. Lior didn't even believe. Lior was like, you can drop Kanye. He's kind of corny. You can take what? him wherever you want. Yeah, him and the Young Guns, well, just when we had uh, Can't Stop, Won't Stop. And then Kanye had Through the, through the Wire. They didn't believe in either one. I'm going to be real with you, man. I'm just going to say this on the record, first of all, man. I don't know, like, because, listen... For, you, for those of you who don't know, man, Dame came up with the word culture vulture. I'm, I'm not going to ever take that from him. He mm -hmm. was the one that made a platinum. He made it gold. He was the first cat. I heard it. And people say that word, and it makes me cringe when y'all don't even know who the fuck really started that word. But when we was going about the word, and I'm not trying to, this has nothing to do with color or anything. I just never fuck with Lior. That's personally, that's my personal opinion. And um, what was Lior's cousin's name? Do you remember? He was, he was a head of promotion also. Do you remember? Um, At Def Jam. But he ran West Coast on Sunset. I think it's his brother. Oh, it's his brother. What's yeah, his name? I forgot. I know you're talking oh, about fuck. Crazy part is, on a, on a positive note, he because I was a DJ, mm -hmm. he put the Dipset records in my hands. Okay. Now, the thing was, when obviously y'all left the Def Jam, I was still a, I was a big DJ even mm -hmm. in 96, 97, doing all the clubs. Um, when I was Aftermath and I was DJing, I had to get service differently. Not because I fell out with you or anything. It was, and I didn't fall out. I was just saying the way that the service records were coming here, I wasn't going to, when y'all started hitting like hard knock life and mm -hmm. shit, it's hard to hit you guys up for something that small. I knew you guys had a street team when I was already direct with the Def Jam people and I was mm -hmm. already connected. So Leor's brother put the records in my hands so I could say that's, you know, a positive thing. But yeah, yeah. Um, what are your most favorite, like your all time favorite moments at the height of Rockefeller Records? Um, I think the, uh, the music. So as I look back at it, that's why I tell people now on all these young artists and um, 
even veterans that's coming up and still recording, you guys should be recording, video recording everything that's happening in the studio. Yeah, man, you fine. cannot, because those times you can't, you, you, you never can't get those back. So when I look at it as those, you know, we call it free play. When Jay will go in the booth and say he's about to do a song, but then he'll be like just free play and just start going crazy. And then you'll hear stuff that you've never heard before and you may never hear it again. And he'll just be in the booth rapping for like 10, 15 minutes. Man. You know what I mean? That Even today, I, I miss that. You know what I mean? No, I regret like yes. back in the day when I was with Dog Pound and all those guys and Corrupt mm -hmm. and everything. And um, I remember one time Corrupt, Eminem, like I can't even tell you how many legendary people were rapping. And I'm like, man, I wish somebody had this. Yeah. This fucking hour and 10 minutes of just nonstop to me, that's off the, the dome. Yeah, there's nothing better than that, man, because that's where the magic happens, right? That's what the thing that sparked that created all these careers that that gave everybody longevity that gave them you know some type of uh you know push that to, to do anything the music is always you know at the core so all those times in the studio man i mean you got to think we had baseline it's just like i'm sure death row and everybody else that in murder inks and everybody else in bad boy who who had a, a great team but you know when you got kanye just blaze um Bink. Uh, Bink, I haven't heard that name in a minute. Wow. Yeah, right. And then you got Cam, Beans, State Property, Dipset, Jay. And then you got, you know. The Even a Chris and Neef had hits. Yeah, they that's had what I said. No, no, hits. big. That's what I said. So Can't Stop, Won't Stop was one of our biggest songs ever. Uh, biggest songs ever on, on Rockefeller. What, um, was the, what was the song? Um, I think I'm my wife. Uh, you know, powder blue, uh, rocket wear suit, white Nike. Uh, better, no better days. Oh my God, fucking love that song. Yeah, so that was me too. So that was an, another project I did. So Do after wanna... 2002, I took over uh, Rockefeller. So 2002 to 2005, mostly all the music that came out. All right, let me tell you something, man. There was a point where on a Lil Wayne mixtape, Young Money mixtape, Nicki Minaj rapped over the the Can't Stop, Won't Stop beat. And it was, I was like, oh shit, like yeah. this. And uh, again, Stevie was in L.A., he was with De uh, Devin Aoki at the time. Yeah, yeah. And we were in a, in a SUV, and we were um we were driving, and uh, you know it's different, obviously. So I'm sorry, guys. The internet now today, you can hear anything. You could be from Tokyo. You could be a famous rapper from Colombia. You could be a famous rapper from Florida, anywhere. It wasn't like that back then. It was very regional. Yeah. Unless you became literally top ten charts. Ice Cube was not played on High 97 like that. It was just different. Mm. Especially a younger group that's bubbling in the city. You would not ever, never fucking hear that shit on the radio in LA. Yeah. So Chris and Neve's song comes on. And Stevie said, oh shit. He's like, my knees, my fucking Chris and Neve. I was like, why are you laughing? He goes, Vala, if you just knew, you're not around like as much anymore. Like to th for them to be playing over here, this is crazy. And I'm yeah. like, what do you mean? He goes, like, these is like the little young cats in the studio, like not on yet. You know, yeah. now they on. And I was like, like that, he's like, man, bro, this is this is so big for them, you know. Like, I'm happy for him. He had like a genuine, crazy smile on his face. Yeah. Shout out to Kenny Burns. Me and him actually worked on that, oh, doing the vocal arrangements and everything for for that specific song right there. Yo, man, Kenny yeah. Burns is my also brother. another twenty-something-year friend of mine. Yeah, we have gone over the world together. We've gone to fucking Tokyo and everything. Yeah. And I love this dude. I just made Kenny his rock chain. Someone should have smacked Biggs or fucking Dame or even Jay. <laughs> I didn't know. That he never, I had a chain. I never knew that Kenny Burns, who, and Biggs had to check me at the 20th anniversary. He's like, no, Kenny's Pre before you. Pre-Rockefeller. Kenny's before you. And I was like, what? He's like, Kenny's the Honda Accord. I was like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. So Kenny Burns got his first chain um, 
a year ago, mm-hmm. I made it, and it meant a lot to me because back then all the chains were made by either Jacob or, or Tito, right? Or was it? And Tito, I don't think Tito made any chains. It was, so it was probably Jacob. Okay, and then Chris here made a couple, but but uh, yeah, yeah Jacob Chris made them. Yes, Chris here made the first rose gold with black diamonds. Yeah, and to me. I wore all these chains because I was always be with them. My dame would give me a chain to wear. And the thing was this, man, until I got my own chain, like it was a big deal that I was able to make something for Kenny, who's OG. It was a big deal because Jacob was my idol and I basically based my career off of what Jacob did. So that's crazy, man, that Kenny yeah. was part of that. I didn't know he was part of that fucking Chris and Neef shit, man. Yeah, yeah. So Kenny was a uh, vice president in Rockefeller at that time. Yeah. So, God, what? what? Remember when I was with, where was I at? We were at a, it was, we were somewhere talking about this with Jay. And Jay goes, I got 21 rock chains out in the world somewhere. And I was like, you have 21 out in the world? He goes, I have 21 out in the world somewhere and I can't exactly tell you who here and there. And I was like, there's 21 out there. I thought that, I'm sure Jay must have thought one of them chains out there had to be Kenny's too, right? Don't you think that was an oversee or? Uh, nah, because it, it didn't really go to execs. It was really for artists. Right. So at that time, no, you're right, cause Sam Ronson had one. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying, yeah, she, yeah, she did. She, yeah, yeah she's an artist. She's yeah, an but artist. she was an artist, right? So there wasn't really other people other than artists just getting them. You know, what I mean, we had made small ones that we had gave to our crews. Yeah. Um, but no, it, I, I had mean, a small one. Yeah. So I mean, hold on. So now, listen, this wasn't even in my fucking discussion because I don't yeah. talk about jewelry on this show. Yeah. That's never been something. This is behind the bollards, much deeper than the jewelry and the shit that you see. Let's talk about that for one second. Did you ever think that that chain was going to be that motherfucking iconic? No, no, no. I mean, we, we had all these ideas. We're going to do this and that and this. But it's still, until you get there, just like you, I'm sure you're like, man, one day I'm going to get a house for a million dollars or two or three or four. It's it's different when you have it. Yeah. Right? So it's like, first you're dreaming, then you're living a dream. Yeah. Right? And then you remove yourself out of it. Then it's like, you look back and like, man, look what I did in this yeah. short period, a long period of what, or where I came from to where I'm going to what I have. What's so, the what's the Puerto Rican dude's name? Life, young, uh, what the fuck's his name? He signed a Rockefeller. Uh, True Life. Yeah, True that's Life. What, yeah, that was uh, after I was gone. Yeah. Okay, so let's forget about that. But mm. he, he was the first one to do a colorful rock chain. That's why I was just wondering. Okay, like, I've never seen it. And then, Something happened with Damon, Avions, and the guys. But anyways, going on. So so the chain was yeah. a big deal. Yeah. When people, listen, if you understood how enormous, and I discussed this before, having that death row chain, 1994 to 96, it was, you were affiliated with like a fucking, a mafia, like a, yeah. just such a crazy crew. Same thing went with the Rockefeller chain. On that time period of 96 to 2002, the only thing I had to show affiliation, which is, people don't know now is, is i had the letterman jacket the streets is watching that was like not many people could say they had that right come on fam yeah <laughs> not at all <laughs> so <laughs> what what is your all-time favorite rockefeller album because i mean there, there's dip set there's this like what was your favorite album of all time shit don't tell me you don't know fuck you Wiggs. i definitely don't know come no on come now. on now the most favorite album now that I look back at it, what would I listen to probably more than anything? It'll probably be American Gangster. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Damn, I just didn't even really fuck with that record a lot. That was when he changed it, it on his grown man like rap. He was yeah, but it was like a a new version of Reasonable Doubt for me. 
Okay, I feel you. Because he was able to go back and tell those stories because it was associated with the movie. Right. And then the stories were still authentic. You ever, you ever meet Frank Lucas? No. Nah. Oh, okay. And um, and it aged really, really well. You know what? I'm gonna have to go replay it because I remember when it came out and um, and I didn't play that. I got. I got to replay it. There was some. There was some shit on there that fucked me no, up. No, no, no. Lyrically, he destroyed it. I okay. Mean, you know what I mean. And then for Puff to, uh, you know, to EP that was crazy too. I, right now, this is where yeah. I had doubts, and it's good to have doubts, right? Because you never said I told you so. Your energy said I told you so. Because there was things that you know you guys did. And you guys had went so far above of where I was mm -hmm. that I could only dream. Like, well, I'm, I'm being serious. And yeah. I felt like, hey, listen, I know them. And that just makes me happy that I know somebody who's on jets and making this kind of money that would buy 300, 400 white tees at a time and wear them once and throw them away. And like, <laughs> that was crazy because I would go grab the tees after, buy 100 pairs of white on whites, you yeah. know? Like, I mean, no one ever did that, you yeah. know? And then it, it took me to make eight figures myself mm -hmm. and buy... I mean, bro, I have every fucking car you could think of that's come mm -hmm. out, you know, in the last mm -hmm. 10 years. And it, and when I think about it, I'm like, yo, it makes me think of you guys because that was the inspiration. Yeah. That and my boy, I talked about it, Tony De Niro, my boy T. Smooth. Um, where this, I had a doubt about this company. And eventually I started wearing it because, <laughs> well, you guys made me. But where did the idea from Rockaware start? Uh, from the beginning. So What do you mean, 96? Pre- so, you know, when we got into the music business, we said we would do a clothing line. So in 90, 1996, when we had our first office, we had a seamstress in there and we had sewing machines and everything. So we was actually making clothes in there just that, you know, it'll be one shirt, one sleeve longer than the other. We didn't know what the hell we was doing. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it started from there. We had seamstress and was trying to get samples and going down to the... Uh, the fashion district and but did you think it was going to be a fucking quarter billion dollar company like well it was actually a three quarter billion dollar company oh 750 mil my yeah. bad shit holy lord yeah i just remember i was at the beverly hilton i don't know why the fuck you guys were over there i know jay was always at the peninsula i mean not the peninsula i'm sorry the bel-air hotel mm. you was too my bad yeah no no jay was at the peninsula right we started we used to First, yeah, it was the Peninsula. Then we went to Beverly Hills. Then we stayed at the Bel Air. Then Bel Air was y'all had the crazy, uh, the crazy cabanas. I remember it was like one of them was like the Russell Crowe suite. Yeah, I was. This is when I was me and Dame were. I don't think there was a time when Dame came to LA and I wasn't with him. Um, anyways, it was just crazy. And I remember I only wanted the track suits, like the the velour suits, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they gave me the jeans, and I'm like, God damn, that motherfuckers is baggy as fuck. Yeah. But that was the style, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. the, it's crazy. Um, it's funny as he's saying all these things. I'm picturing Ben with these outfits. Like I'm seeing his face. <laughs> everything. By the way, motherfucker. We'll like, get into that later. I know. I know. We'll like, get into I, that see later. What, I see where he's getting. Where he's going. Because I remember with the Hotel Bel Air, you motherfucker, <laughs> son of a bitch. Let me ask you a question, man. What's more difficult, you think? Surviving in the music industry or the fashion industry? Uh, Fashion. Yeah, fashion's fast, man. It's yeah, crazy. it's real difficult. And uh, I think what a lot of people don't understand is just because you have notoriety doesn't mean that you're a brand. There's yeah. only certain few people, right, that's ever become brands out of music, right? And right. there's still, uh, you know, there's Jay, there's Kanye, there's Rihanna, um, Puffy there's had, Pharrell. Puffy had Sean John, right? Uh, 
Yeah, and now I would say Rocky. You know what I mean? I just oh told Rocky God. the Rocky's other day that it's official. The baton is passed that he is the flyest motherfucker and, out of Harlem. And tell oh, what to say. Where is he from? He's from from Harlem. You know me and Rocky own so, company together. You know I got the Og tattoo. On yeah, my I remember you told me. So we were just talking about it a few days ago. I'm, I was like, "Fam, hands down, everything that you're doing is tasteful. From the pictures, the clo- like everything. Yeah, I haven't seen. So... I have not seen an outfit that's that didn't make sense. Everything is just like, damn, he but, killed that. But bro, me fucking with Rocky since the beginning because you know my boy was his manager and, and like you know they got signed and everything and and yo man. Rest in peace to Yams. Um, you see how deeply involved I made the Yam bikini chain. Fucking mm-hmm. Ferg is fucking Harlem as a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. His uncle was a goddamn no, real Harlem legend. No, no, legend. that's my guy. Like, yeah. we know each other really well. Yeah. And, and his father, me and him, was really cool. Right. Yeah, so, and so he when, just found out the other day. When, when we talked about it, and I found out who his uncle was, I started asking. T. Ferg, shout yeah, out. Besides you, I asked a couple other Harlem people that I know that have nothing to do with music, but they real Gs. They was like, hey, quiet is kept. There's a reason why Ferg is not going to get fucked with in heart. Like, you don't want to fuck with him because his yeah. uncle is so respected. Um, I made that Yamborghini chain and yeah. things changed my life. He put me in a song and then that changed another, that yeah. took me on another yeah, level. Yeah, right, yeah. So Harlem, if you look at ASAP Rocky and you look at any rapper, not even Kanye, not even Pac, because Pac was the first one to start fucking with Jean-Paul Gaultier and all these things and Versace. When you see a dude from Harlem that was rapping, he had such a, articulate eclectic style he was alternative in a way it was different you you go to paris fashion week and you see a 70 100 foot fucking banner drop down and he's the face of dior mm. and i'm like dog this is dior bro yeah then the gucci not a product it's just i'm, I'm so happy it man no. rocky so fly dog's crazy super fly so and he's doing everything right man so um this is another thing too that that uh, I wanted your opinion on, and these are questions I want to know. I don't give a fuck about what y'all want to know. It's I think that they're they're important to ask. So, how did you feel about like the transition from like Rockefeller Records to like Rock Nation, like that whole? Um, early on, I mean, obviously, you you look at these things when you're not involved, and um, not to say I wish bad or um, for them not to have success, but it's always like a little bit of a sour feeling, right? It's like, man, this doesn't have anything to do with me. Move forward today. I'm the happiest person in the world seeing exactly what they're doing. It couldn't make me more happier. I, um, Nori said this. He was like, Biggs, it's not. He said, when you're at the shows, like me and Nori went to see Jay, uh, you know, him and Beyonce on this last tour. And we were there. And I go to the shows. I'm in the middle. I'm in the Duce Lounge. I'm jumping up. I'm dancing. Like I'm clapping like every fan that's in there. And I couldn't be more happier. I love that. It brings tears to my eyes to see exactly how far the rock name has gone and is still um, being carried. So it's one of the best things that I can look at in life to see what happened. Just, the, you know, whether I'm a part of it or not, to know that, you know, I was at the genesis of it definitely um, holds something dear to my heart when I see 80,000 people. It's like, man, we started this together. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's that's real positivity, man. But, that's but great. right, I'm talking about I'm jumping louder, dancing. People looking at me like, yo, I'm the, first of all, I don't even see this guy dance and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm there, you know, like I don't care. Like I let no, it out. No. I got my my diamond up half the show. You know what I'm saying? It, it, <laughs> you you have changed a lot, and obviously I have changed mm-hmm. a lot. I'm still a dick. I think you really turn into a fucking philosopher and all kinds of shit. And and I want to get into that now. 
I mean, I don't think it's like it's public information. If you don't want to talk about it, we ain't got to. We could edit it out. No, no, That's no, why no. I said that. Okay. I mean, bro, you got locked up. Yeah. For um, for marijuana trafficking, right? And uh, for uh, for conspiracy, and we conspiracy, can, and, we, and we can talk about that too. So, because I'm I'm that close to you, I, mm -hmm. I just I remember what you were before, and then when you came out, some people are like, oh, you know, I I know mentally it could fuck with you, but me personally seeing you, like just being at, at in Vegas and being mm -hmm. at a hotel or being in Beverly Hills or something, I'm like, damn, you know, like he's he's different, not like off different, mm -hmm. like you know whatever, and it, it's you know. How did the time spent locked up change you? Um, for me, it was one of the best things that happened to me. I was able to reflect, look back on my life, take a, a pause, and just just look at things from a different lens. And and just to go into it, because uh, a lot of people don't ask these questions, you know. So I can go into details a little bit and give y'all the short version of what happened around 2010. Um, 2009 actually i came out here to uh to try to buy some dispensaries i seen where you know right the, right the, you know with a marijuana policy and things were going at that time they only had 100 dispensaries so you she was less than that dog yeah so you only had to buy yeah i think it was 100 or less or they was only allowing 100 whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. it was you could only buy it from somebody who had a license so, so one person had two we you know so i was about to go uh, me and my friend was going to acquire both of them and I was asking them where they get their weed from. So they gave, you know, they told us who the farmers was. We went up north, you know, the uh, Ross Valley, Mendo, and I, yeah, I know all about it. I'm in the biz, yeah. Right. So we met, uh, you know, these guys that was supplying these two um, specific uh, uh, dispensaries. And I was like, man, it's not going to be enough. I was like, look, I'm gonna buy everything, 100, percent but I'm gonna buy some more land, and let's be partners on that. And they okay. was like, yeah, yeah, definitely, let's do it. So come back to New York, you know, I got old friends that I used to buy weed from before I used to smoke. I didn't start smoking to 24, 20, yeah, 20. Right, yeah. okay. So do, I'm telling him, you know, I'm smoking some OG, I'm uptown. He's like, man, you always got this good weed, this and that. So I'm like, yeah, I'm about to do this and that. He's like, well, Biggs, that's going to take a year. I was like, yeah. He said, why don't you introduce me to those dudes in the meantime? I'm like, yeah, that ain't no problem. So as I'm going back, I'm connecting him with them on the phone. The feds is watching my, this guy in New York for the last three years. So they pulled me in in a conspiracy. So that's a conspiracy to connect two people. And then he was going to buy weed and cross state lines. Yeah. Did I really know? I mean, at the back of my mind, yeah, but I didn't really think about it like that. So, And you wasn't sure. The crazy thing is that they're expunging all yeah. uh, marijuana. So, like, yeah. Crimes, so look, so. they locked up 70 people. Um, 70? Yeah. So they wanted this guy for a long time. Yeah, they right? followed him for a minute. The last three months of it, they pulled me in. I'm on the front page of the Post, Daily News, CNN, yeah, that, MTV, man. everything. And then um, that hurt my heart, man. Then they they bring Jay Z name into it. So basically, I t then I took a lie detector test with an ex Fed who who did all the lie detector tests at Guantanamo Bay. So I passed, but the DA said that they wouldn't use it. It's not admissible. It, yeah, yeah, it's only up to them. So basically, they said, look, either tell on this guy in New York or tell on these guys in um, in California, and I chose not to, so I ended up getting five years. You a motherfucking stand-up dude for that. I mean, real quickly, like, um, I talked about this you off the record. We talked about it, right? But, like, what did you reflect on, like, while you was in there, man? Like, Just, you know, I mean, the shit I did, you know, um, mistreating people, uh, misuse of money, um, using money and power to take advantage of whatever women, girls, or this and that. You know, you, you get into this place because we didn't really have nothing where we was from, and then you, you jump into this different, right. you know, 
fortunately we had money before we got in but it was just different with the fame and everything else and you take advantage of a lot of stuff right i didn't i wasn't really empathetic i didn't put myself in other people places i didn't think about what they thought of and how we treated people you know i would have probably had different conversations with dame back then or jay or whatever it is Damn. but you know I was just doing what I thought was right. And a lot of decisions that I made were wrong, you know what I'm saying? Especially mistreating people. So even when I came out, it was a lot of people, you know, I, I apologized to, I was like, look, man, I changed or they told me stories. But you really did though. Yeah. Because I know you used to knock motherfuckers out and I yeah. used to laugh because I, yeah. I liked you. No, listen, people, you, everyone who, who follows me, everyone who listens to this, yeah. you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a sinister person and I'm yeah. a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. I used to like Biggs when he, because he didn't, fu he he didn't fuck with me like that, but I'm saying like, you know, we talk about, well, actually we won't, but mm. this motherfucker would knock rappers out and just did crazy <laughs> shit. And, and, and I like that Biggs, but when he came out, I have to say this, and I have to say this as genuine as possible. Biggs, man, you are a fucking amazing person. I mean, you were my, my boy, mm. but who you've turned into now, I'm kind of like, part of it's hard to accept because it's weird that you're such a positive, great person. Yeah, man, it's a, it was a humbling experience. And how, how much weight did you lose in jail? I actually went in the same that I came out, but um, the thing is I got, you know, it was a lot of definition. So, right. but prior to that, I went in 190, but you know, the days that Ben is talking about, I used to be 270. Yeah. That, when did you lose that weight then? I'm trying to think. Um, I probably lost it like the first three, four years of Rockefeller. I just actually went on like an Atkins diet and just, I was like, what's the laziest way to lose weight? So they was like, just nah, cause no I carbs. Nah, because I saw you in 2000. <laughs> no, you know what? You just had a bubble goose on. No, so, but what happened is, so I went from like maybe 270 something, like 230. So it was still heavy. Like when you see right. me prior to jail, I was still heavy. Yeah. Um, but when I came out, obviously it was all different. You got motherfucking chiseled. No, I was like, what the, who the fuck is this dude? We at the, we at the Huntley Hotel and this motherfucker got muscles and shit on him. Oh, like, yeah, the Huntley. That was crazy. I was like, the fuck? Shout out to that Chinese chopped salad. Oh, you love that shit. <laughs> love that shit. So- let me ask you real quick, just just what mm -hmm. you think. What's your thoughts on Jay-Z and this NFL deal? Um, I think it's fucking amazing. Uh, I think so too, man. I don't know no, why people but, are tripping, man. Yeah, well, I think they changed now, right? So, yeah. you know, a little blurb came out and everybody had everything to say. Yeah. And when the full tape came out, yeah. everybody's I love how they quiet. Edit, how they edit that part? Come no, on, but look, man. But now nobody came back and said, you, just how everything went viral about it, nothing yeah. went viral about apology. Nothing went viral about, oh, yeah, so as soon as it happened, bringing Rhapsody and Meek Mill, and then they already putting 400000 into this and yeah. doing something. In, in order to create change, we got to be in a place of power. Yeah. So now Jay's in a place of power in the inside. Now he can see what's going on from the inside out and, and to create some different change, right, and create a dialogue. 100%. Right. And you got to get inside and, 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 and get it. And yeah, and start to create. It's either that or what else do we do? You know, and like you said, it doesn't mean to stop protesting, but we also got to look at things from a different angle. And who else? I mean, truthfully, besides Barack, I only trust Jay. Right. <laughs> and I'm not saying that because right. I know him. It's really like he's our Barack right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? That that he's not in office. Jay is kind of taking the helms. And it's like when something happens, they like call Jay. If somebody. Fuck, man. You just said a really heavy thing. Right. That's that that metaphor is real. Like it's so it seems so far away because i dog i know jay-z walking through the beverly center with the fucking jt the bigger figure shirt on yeah. some jordans and some jean shorts and like now listen by the way jay's conversations now are different mm -hmm. he's gotten so much more brilliant and more articulate what? in how oh he talks to me yeah and like 
that's just man. What yeah. you said is re- no. He is then, I guess, right? No, yeah, but and so, no dick sucking, no, no pause, nothing so, like you know. A lot of people like support black and this, and I'm not saying not to, right? Or people of color, but it's different when you know for a fact that this person is actually taking money and going back into these neighborhoods and and really helping people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You hear that, but you're actually seeing it. So you want him to win because right. you know what's going to happen. Right. Whether it's bail, closing down Rikers Island, you know, because of, the, you know, what he did with uh, uh, Trey Martin, you know. Right. Um, I mean, like everything that he's doing is about uh, pushing the culture forward in a positive matter now. Even the music has changed, right? The, and the dialogue and is making people talk and think different. He's not a boss no more. Now he's a leader. Jesus Christ. Um, so... Dame Dash recently went on um, on the record on uh, my boy Adam's uh, No Jumper podcast. Yeah. And he said, everybody knows Jay-Z ain't shit. I didn't even listen to the rest. I just, I don't care what else he had to say. It's just weird, man. Like, damn, one yeah. of my close friends. Like, what was your reaction to that when you heard that? Um, it was a little weird because he also went and said that he didn't fuck with me. But um, I love Dame. So it's, uh, I fuck with him. You know what I mean? So Dame, if you listen to this, man, I love you, man. And I wish you the best. You know, every time I talk to you, you know, I tell you, you know, that I'm happy for everything that you're doing. And I call you every time I hear about something. So I just wish him the best, man. I'm not sure uh, what place is he he in right now uh, mentally. Um, Not to say it's something wrong with his mind, but I'm just saying, uh, you know, I heard he having a new kid. Congratulations on that. Oh, man, congrats. And look, I love you, you know, for the public to, you know, listen to it. And they'll hear it on Ben Baller's podcast first. This is the first time I've ever addressed it or talk about it. And I don't do any of that in public at all. But um, I just want to send my love out, man, to you and the family. You know what, Dame? Um, I'd love to have you on the show now that I think about it. I didn't, I didn't have a, a, I wasn't thinking about it then because I don't want people to come at me and be like, oh, boom. And I don't think people know that me and you have a long relationship as well. And, and um, I remember when you hit me up and telling me that your daughter was a fan and, was, you know, like like the jewelry I make and everything. And I don't know, Dame, I think... Uh, you obviously know how much I, I care about you as well. I would love to holler at you about this shit, man. You know, and that's dope. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, man. Um, so this is a business podcast, like I said, right? A lot of listeners here are always asking me how to get rich, this, that, and the third. I'm like, listen, man, there's no shortcut, first Not off. Not at all. Right? Not at all. But um, a lot of you know, listeners, they have ideas, but they don't know how to legitimize them, right? Mm. So like, what advice could you give to some of these young cats, man, how to take advantage, you know, just execute? Ooh. Well, I mean, to borrow a line from Jay again, I mean, people look at us and they try to emulate the end result instead of um, trying to emulate the whole entire journey. Oh, shit. Right? Say that again, please. Everybody wants to emulate the end result instead of worrying about the whole entire journey. I might put that on a fucking t-shirt, man. <laughs> That's real though, bro. No, yeah. They just see where you're at right now. Like, yeah. how do I get there? They don't look at, oh shit, what, 20 years ago? Wait, he had the what kind of car? Tears. Yeah. He had what little office? He had what? He had a DJ? He had to do what? He had to go where to get his jewelry and diamonds? Yeah. He had to learn it from what? He he had how many losses before he won? Yeah. They don't look at that, right? They look at the championship instead of worrying about how many shots that Jordan shot before he became, yeah. <laughs> you know, Michael Jordan in the gym shooting two or 3,000 jump shots. You got you to gotta put the work in, man. No, 100%, man. So what is the difference between a businessman and a hustler? Um, a hustler is always going to make something happen. If, it, if it's a door uh, closed, he's going to create a door. A businessman, I would say sometimes just they may give up, right? So right. a hustler doesn't give up. The tenacity, the, the perseverance, you know, that always pushes them forward. And 
usually a no um, motivates me more. So it's, it's like certain songs, for example, that we gave uh, people to get on St. John's album. And when they said no, and these are friends of mine, it motivated me even more. Oh, damn. Didn't make me dislike him at all. I'm, I'm you know, right. I'm like, yo, love, man, we catch you on the next one. But it made me go even harder. So I always look at um, a no or failure as motivation. For the record, Every time you ask me, like, hey, man, can you do this? I like the pick. I reposted on my story. Mm. I did everything. Have I not? Not Never once if you asked me no, to do it. I've done it. Every and time. And I still ain't fucking, time. I ain't met this guy yet. <laughs> um, how did the movie OG come to be? Like, how, and did you have a deal with HBO before that? How, how did they pick no, it up? No, um, actually, that got brought to me from uh, my head of uh, strategic development, uh, Wally. And the, the project was done already, and they wanted somebody to actually help amplify it who spoke to that audience and also went through that experience. Oh. So it made sense for me. Um, obviously, Jeffrey Wright, I believe, is one of the best actors of our time uh, I today. think he's in my top 10 of all time yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he's what I'm saying. He's a fucking insane actor, dog. Insane. Um, and, you know, once I seen the project, the first thing I was like, wait, what prison was this in? Because the nuances were so real. And it was the first movie ever done in prison with 80% of the cast was all inmates. And Damn. I don't think people know that. So the, I saw the, movie. the best supporting actor, you know, if he, if he got best supporting actor, it would have been an inmate. <laughs> so the guy, you know, which would, would have never happened, right? Never, right. ever happened before. And the talent level. I mean, all these guys that's in that movie got 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years of life, you know, never coming home. <sighs> So it was something special to me because it gave me a platform to talk about justice reform, to talk about what's happening in the prison system, was talking about, um, talk about what's happening in our communities and, um, you know, uh, probation. Like it, it was just so many things that it gave the platform to talk to. And that's what spoke to me. Um, and, so, you know, that's the decision I made to be a part of that. Oh, man, so I, I came on that. executive producer. That was fucking dope. And again, man, to see Jeffrey Wright tweet yeah. your name, I was like, because I, you know, like, Man, bro, we all know famous people. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you motherfuckers brought in the height of the crazy shit. You brought fucking Michael Jackson on the Summer Jam stage and whatever. It's just still though, it's when you respect somebody who not everyone might everyone's gonna know uh Denzel. Everyone's gonna know maybe Will Smith. They don't all know Jeffrey Wright and not realize like I was fucking with this dude when he was Basquiat. Yeah, I fuck with this yeah. dude when he was even in Shaft. He yeah. played such a good yeah. like people. drug lord. You know, no, people well, almost like uh Al Pacino when you see him in Scarface, he's like the Spanish kid. Yeah. That's how I was in Peoples. I thought yeah. I thought Jeffrey Wright was Spanish. Yeah, I didn't know. And um, and, and, then, I, and then I met dude right, and I was like, oh, this oh dude he does a, Shakespeare. I was like, this dude's a weirdo. Yeah. And I was like, that means you know he's just a real yeah. dude. So let's get into some light shit because jail yeah. is just nothing. As obsessed, I told you guys anything about Vegas or jail or gangs, I'm in it. But I don't want to talk about jail no more. Mm. We're gonna talk about some some personal funny shit that I had to ask him just on my personal shit. Like, <laughs> I'm just curious, man. When we were shooting the the song cry video, right? Stevie, Richie, wow. everyone's yeah. there. Where the fuck were you during that shoot? I was there. So uh, actually, it's so funny because I, I remember getting the flu. I was really sick that day and I lost, um, that week, I lost maybe 15 pounds. And the reason why I know, because me and Jay wore the same exact size for the first time. Because they had his wardrobe and then I had um, right. wore some. I, I'm actually in the video for a second. Um, and God bless, uh, Bob is too. Yeah, yeah, because I was there with him. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I was there. And... Damn, that, was that the OG you gave me? Because I remember I couldn't smoke. I couldn't smoke. Like when you're I sick brought it like there that. Too. Yeah. And the funny part was. Um, is that is that from the, the no, $100 no, no. that no, no. I don't owe you? We'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> that 
video shoot though because we did two different areas mm. we shot one part in, in like a weird part of downtown not downtown LA, but it was like the industrial part like yeah, the east downtown and uh that was like the first time i met my trainer greg Mealy. um you oh, know yeah, young g yeah. can't get yeah, right yeah and um we're shooting a basketball scene and everything else this was the time why i said you know fuck this shit man listen let's have jay i said this in my last podcast yo i'm gonna have jay right rise for me like yo y'all should sign me you know what i'm saying like telling dame yeah. dame's like what I get in the I fucking do remember and that. I get in the fucking trailer saying rap, rap. Yeah, and fucking Dame goes, Yo, rap for Jay. And I was like, What the fuck you talking about? It was just <laughs> put me on I the do. spot. I remember that. But I'm gonna tell you something. That trip, we end up going to the lounge. It was the hottest club, Brent Bolt House night, Thursday night, and they wouldn't let Bob in and they wouldn't let G in. And Dame was acting fucking crazy, dog. Like, this is the time when Jermaine Dupree was dating Janet Jackson and Dame was in there in her ear like he yes, just didn't give yeah. a fuck he was so disrespectful and we got everyone in <laughs> and this was the time where you don't understand how expensive a fucking throwback mitchell and ness jersey was she was like four hundred dollars like you know like you think about a givenchy shirt now and you're like three to six seven but this is like dudes had several multiple of these jerseys and bob was a big mitchell and ness throwback cat so he had a pinwheel hat on and he had his jersey i'll never forget and i don't know if it was dame i don't remember who it was but someone spilled cranberry juice on his shit and Bob was hot. It fucked his whole night up. He didn't want to talk. He had like three, four bad bitches too. He was talking to them. <laughs> All potential going back to the Bel Air Hotel and it fucking salted his whole night yeah. out. And Dame is just sitting there like, yo, Ben Yang, Bala, Baba Lob and everything. And it was just a, it was a great time. I didn't know you were there because, yeah. I think because obviously you must've been sick because mm. we were in there acting a fool and like Jay's just chilling watching Friday like in a thing and whatever. So, um, I'm always curious, man. I see once in a while, I see Memphis jump in your comments, but like, what's up with, have you Have you heard from Beans? Have you heard from Memphis? Have you heard yeah. from Chris and Neef? Yeah, I just spoke to Bleak um, not too long ago. Uh, actually, just connecting him. Oh, shout out to Bleak, because I heard his, uh, he just asked me to connect him with somebody at BET, and I heard his show, his show just got greenlit. So, oh, fuck. So congrats. yeah, so he called me. I made the call 10 minutes later, right away. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, and that's, he was that's, never really around unless you on tour. He was just like, yeah, on his own bleak, thing. yeah, my brother. Uh, same thing with Beans. Uh, I, I can't remember the last time I seen him, but no, we all all still got great relationships. Okay, so Beans and you are good. I just seen Chris on Fashion Week. Um, I spoke to Neef the other day, Freeway. Fuck. Yeah. Really? So because when I, yeah I had a, a listening session for St. John, I invited all of them up to come up. You know what I mean? Okay. And then me and Chris was just uh, we was at a couple shows just now. Me, him, and Wale at Fashion Week. When is the last time? You heard from anybody from fucking Christian? That's been a while. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Alan probably like 2010. Damn, that shit. Yeah. So we, 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 we are wrapping this up. Listen, man, I have, I have a question. I'm personally hurt. And I just, and, and I'm being real. I'm not joking at all. I'm just mm -hmm. being honest, right? You put out this family tree, Rockefeller yeah. family tree, and you have fucking Justin Salguero. You have Just Ski on the family tree, and I wasn't on the tree. How, how, how y'all do the Asian dirty like that, man? The, the, well, because the tree is really about people who careers came from that. I don't think yours came from that. I think you created your own career. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So that's what it was. It was about what we did and then the things that kind of created from that. And there's a lot of people that didn't make it. So people don't understand that. that I had to do that in 48 hours. It was hard to put, like, even have Clark Kent and this and that because they're before us. 
Right. They would be on top of us. It was about what we did and what created after that. No, no, I hear you. I you know what I'm saying? You. We but didn't, if there was we just did, a we, family tree, yeah. I'm in that tree. No, you're yeah, you're part of the family, but that that was more about job creation and what we did to help spawn no, other right. things. We because when Jay went ben on Ben Baller became Ben Baller because of himself. It right. wasn't because of Rockefeller, even though he was affiliated. And fuck you, just just again one more time, by the way. Um, yo, man, what 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 what, <laughs> what are we doing for RD twenty five, man? What are we doing for fucking? I don't know. You got to think of that one. You host the last one, so yo, yeah. Ben, ben Ball is hosting RD twenty five. Send all your questions through right now and ask him <laughs> what is he doing, so we can know. <laughs> Fuck, man. So now we get to the part, man. Listen, bro, are you ever gonna pay him a hundred dollars, bro? Listen, man. <laughs> Let me call Emery. Let me call Jay. They should be back from Germany right now. Let me see what I can do. God. Damn, man. I won't even tell the story because they're going to fucking hate you. It's just the fucking what you made me go through. So real quick, last man, um, what's in the future for Biggs? Like, what's your next moves? Like, uh, Right now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back in, uh, in music with St. John. Uh, right now, he actually has the number nine most Shazam song in the world. Oh, shit. Uh, number one in Russia. He had uh, a great album, Rolling Stones. He just went from top 25 to number four breakthrough artist in one week. Um, he, uh, first album over 150 million streams. So we just dropped the album Ghetto Lenny Love Songs the other day. And I'm really proud of that because like I said, this is the first project I've done in 14 years and it's critically acclaimed right now. And people are saying that this is the first time they're able to listen to an album one through 14. Uh, so that's, um, something that I'm really proud of on top of that. Nori and the Drink Champs, you know, I manage him too. So yeah. I just did. You know, the, they asked me to be on the show like three or four times and just never fell through. So now, if yeah. tell them I'm down to do All right, it. Man. Yeah. So you know, did that and then now have uh, you know Nori on title. So. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So let's yeah. stop. Did Nori give? Did he? What's up with the chain, bro? <laughs> oh, we still trying to figure that out too. God damn, Nori, man. where the hell is that goddamn chain? Shout out to Nori. It was his birthday the other day, so hey, happy birthday, Nori. Yeah, got Nori on title, uh, Mass Appeal and Revolt. So Jay Z, Puff and Nas, that was something that was real special, uh, you know, to get done. Shout out to Randy Acker, and then my TV and film uh, company, you know, Bolo Media, which uh, pays homage to Bob, Bo, and my mother Lorraine, Lo, who I lost. So, um, yeah, I have a whole division and I have multimedia companies as well, too, and getting back in the spirit. So and investment. So I'm doing a lot um, in oh, fashion man, as well. Like you're doing a lot. God damn. Yeah. So, so it's, like, it's like what I'm not doing. <laughs> no, I hear you. Both of us live on a plane. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, right before we get out of here. Uh, is there any other shout outs you got? Uh, I'll shout out to my brother, Stevie, Richie, uh, Jeski. Shout out to Dame Dash. What's up, bro? jay-z ty emery jay brown the whole crew man i love you Fuck all. yeah man shout out to tata and jay brown man that's for sure yeah so listen guys man that was a legendary thing this is archived this will be on there forever i, I don't know when i'd stop podcasting i want to do this until i'm old this is probably one of the most personal dear to my heart podcast interviews because i don't interview people who aren't pushing the culture aren't going forward and this is someone I've known a long time, not just because he was a founder of one of the most powerful record labels and that brought out one of the most popular, powerful, biggest rappers of all time. It was because we had a relationship before any of this popped off and we remain friends. And Biggs, again, thank you so much for doing this shit, man. Thank you, man. It's always good to see somebody who's making 40000 a year to <laughs> probably $40 million right now. Y'all should see this crib right now. It's amazing. <laughs> Yo, Miles, man. <laughs> Take us out with the Lakey beat, y'all.
So, um, we're back, and uh, man, man, the fucking interview was amazing. You know, Biggs doesn't do a lot of interviews, I'll be real with you. You know, if he does, it's, you might see him on HBO and just, I don't know, just random things, but you don't see him like any kind of like, any kind of street level shit. He's just, he's just, man, fuck. I just, some of the things that Biggs said, it's just, he dropped some gems. Um, I respect him as a man. You know, it's really important that I get these OGs on my show. You know, I want to get Kenny Burns on my show next. Um, I want to get Jermaine Dupree on here. I want to get Dallas Austin. I want to get a lot of OGs on here speaking about, you know, it's real important to the youth. You know, it's real important to anybody under the age of 35 that you hear these stories because you see the success, but you don't see the journey that went in between, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and the beginning. And, you know, we just talked about the beginning, you know what I'm saying, the fucking genesis of Rockefeller Records, you know, this is crazy. And just the fact that finally motherfuckers know, like, I was really there, you know, and I was part of it. I'm proud of it. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. And, um, you know, I, I just really, I can't emphasize enough how important it is for this information to be traveled down to the younger generations. And um, shout out to Biggs, man. It's just, that's fucking amazing. I really appreciate him taking the time to come down to the Million Dollar Man Cave and, you know, spread love and, and um, talk a little bit about that. It's kind of crazy, you know what I'm saying? I'm glad he talked about Dame, too. Oh, you know what? I want to have Dame on the show, too, obviously. Love to rap to Dame. Dame. Me and Dame go back. In fact, out of Jay-Z, Biggs, and, and Dame, me and Dame were the closest. So, you know, I don't know, man. As far as current events, this shit's gone crazy. Uh, Diplo hacked fucking Jonas Brothers page. I don't think it's too much of a joke. I don't really know. I think Diplo just... Don't fuck with him. I don't know. We'll see. It's pretty cool. I think if he does fuck with them and he's just being like, I don't know. I mean, I guess he could see, I could see him fucking with Nick, but the other two dudes are goofy as fuck. Um, one of them used to follow me. I just realized uh, yesterday he, I guess he unfollowed me. I don't really give a fuck too. I mean, fuck the Jonas Brothers. I'm really tripping on them. But uh, we got a Seahawks game coming up. Um, we need to get our shit together. Lakers about to get started. Got the motherfucking Dodgers popping right now. And I'm, I'm thinking we're going to hit the World Series. Hamas, I don't think we're going to win it. I don't know, man. It's a coin toss for me. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, Donald Trump. I hope this motherfucker gets impeached. It'd be fucking crazy. Um, I didn't do any research or anything, but I could have sworn that they're saying, someone was saying, and it was like a, a, a representative said that he'd be the first U.S. American president to be impeached. Could have sworn Bill Clinton was impeached, wasn't he? I don't know. Uh, again, man. But you know what? It is important that we register to vote. I just started once uh, Barack was going up for office, and uh, we got to go out there and vote. The only thing is, in California, Trump ain't winning in California. He win every. He might win other places, but he ain't winning in California. So, everyone who's not listening in California, please register to vote. Go out there if you're over 18. Go register and vote. If you're in the other 49 states, and uh, what else, man? I can't even think. I, I'm my mind is so frazzled. I'm so excited about Tokyo. Um, I don't want to fucking bum anybody out, you know, I'm, I'm not, but, you know, I do me, you know, regardless, I live my life, and um, if you don't know, you should know, the best beef in the entire world is not from the cattle in America, North Carolina, or Texas, anywhere you care, I don't give a fuck what you guys think, it's just not, period, it's not up for discussion, there's not, pretty much the first, second, and third place goes to Tokyo, or goes to Japan. Japan holds the title, first, second, and third. Maybe even first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. They have the best cattle, the best meat in the world. I haven't had red meat in four years, um, over four years, almost going on four and a half years, and I am going to have red meat when I go to Tokyo. I don't give a fuck. I am going to have some fucking Wagyu. I won't have a lot. I might have like four ounces, but yeah, I'm going to have that $75 an ounce of Wagyu. 
So do the math, $300 just for four ounces. You know, the average steak size is like 12, 16 ounces. So you want to do the math on that motherfucker right there. You already know it's going to be $1,200 for a steak. I'm not doing that because last time I did that, I got sick as fuck. And um, I'm going to connect with this big jeweler out there named Tadashi. This is the guy who sold Floyd Mayweather the $8 million watch that Mr. Flawless, a.k.a. Greg Yuna, was the one who made that connection. Um, I'm doing a dope-ass fucking photo shoot with Murakami. Shout out to Rude for hooking me up with the clothes because uh, I'll be wearing Rude head to toe. You know what I'm saying? Supporting Asians, supporting my Filipino brother, Luigi. Um, and my brother, Scott. By the way, Scott, I didn't forget about you, bro. We are going to Santa Clara on November 11th. 11-11, Monday Night Football. The motherfucking undefeated bitch-ass, punk-ass, hoe-ass San Francisco 49ers. The fucking bullshit San Francisco treat versus the gangster. The dominant, the motherfucking Seattle Seahawks. I don't know what the fuck to say. Anyway, Scott, we going. We going to the game, bro. Money that football. Don't trip. Um, I'll be at the Ravens game as well. Baltimore Ravens, uh, October 20th. I'm trying to see what uh, what Earl Thomas is talking about. You know what I'm saying? And um, Oh, yeah. The Rams chain just got uh, put on. Uh, the fuck is this dude's name? Again, we going to take some motherfucker. I don't give a fuck how long this shit takes. I need to figure out what the fuck, um, what is this dude's name? Cooper Cup. Motherfucker's name is Cooper's Cup. Actually, I know who he is. He's a receiver for uh, the, the LA Rams. And he got the Snickers chain this week. And um, uh, congrats to him. He's rocking it. Fuck the Rams. You know what I'm saying? And I know about fucking LA teams. It just, they're just not LA team, period, to me. Again, people forget when the LA Rams were here, they're in Anaheim. Anaheim and LA. I'm not trying to hear this shit. But um, yeah, man, I'm excited about Tokyo. I'm excited about all this shit. All this stuff going on. Oh, yeah, man. Shout out again to AJ and Darwin over at AL13 Wheels. Man, AL13. Listen, man, I, I, we're going to get into that car episode, and we're going to talk about wheels and air suspension and how everyone's going air ride and fucking up their cars and whatever else. And, like, I know for the most part putting uh, rims or bigger wheels on exotics is, is, like, against the rules. You know, it's like a Miami thing, right? And um, But if you could still drive fast, cool. You know what? A GTC... I don't really plan on doing over 150 in the car. If I do, cool, and it can. Car drives really great. Fucking wheels look amazing. If you haven't checked out my page, check it out now. Um, again, we drop in this money counter. Again, this Murakami collaboration. Hit up the info at IF and Co. Uh, this show was brought to you by Collect and Crep Protect, just so you know. So we're about to get out of here. I'm about to hop on this motherfucking plane. I hope everybody has an amazing weekend. Always remember... This is not your practice life. Being broke is part of the game. Staying broke is some personal shit. That's it. Episode 15 is a wrap. Miles, yo, the Dust Brothers, much love. Throw on that Lakey Lake, at Lakey Inspired. Peace, y'all.